0: Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books Podcast. This week, actress Miranda Richardson reads the story of an eight-year-old boy treated badly by cruel masters and a group of children's attempt to save him. After the story, be sure to go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete stories from the opera collection. The Little Sweep from the opera by Benjamin Britten. Black Bob, the Chimney Sweep and his son Clem were on their way to Icon Hall the home of Mr. and Mrs. Brooke and their three children Juliet, Sophie and their brother Gay. And what a grubby, sullen pair they were as they walked along with their ropes, brushes, and sacks. They jeered at little Sammy, who was trying desperately to keep up with them. The huge rope which Bob had slung across from Sammy's shoulder to his waist rubbed his neck painfully, and his small arms could barely hold the three baskets full of brushes and cleaning things he had to carry. Sammy was only eight years old. His grimy little face was ashen and unhappy, and tears coursed down, leaving pale channels on his cheeks. You see, Sammy had only recently come to work for Black Bob, and today, for the first time ever, he would be pushed up the filthy, dark chimney stacks. There were seven chimneys at Icon Hall, all of them tall and narrow, and Sammy was frightened. But instead of preparing Sammy kindly for the job, Bob and Clem taunted, teased and scared him even more. When the sweeps arrived, they were sent up to the nursery, where Miss Baggett, the housekeeper, was waiting. Hurry, Rowan, she barked at the nursery maid who had brought Johnny, Huey and Tina Chrome on a visit to the Brook family. Don't stand there, staring girl. Get on with it. And you, she said, turning to the three sweeps, don't you dare spread your filth round here. Rowan flung the last white sheet over the furniture to protect it from the soot. She was impatient to get away from Miss Baggett and join the children who were playing downstairs. As she turned, her eyes fell on Sammy, who she could see had been crying. Poor little chap, she thought, skinny as a scarecrow. And those clothes... So tattered and patched. But what could she do? She was only here as a guest and as nursery maid to the chrome children. Sadly, she slipped out of the door, leaving the sweeps to begin their work. Black Bob's eyes glinted as he towered over Sammy. Shivering with fright, eh, little boy, he mocked. You might well be. It's time for your climb. He reached out and grabbed Sammy by the waist. Together, he and Clem shoved him up inside the chimney. Sammy's foot groped for the first rung of the ladder. Get up and get cleaning, boomed Bob menacingly. I'll cook you alive. Sammy scrambled up the ladder in panic. Make sure you do a proper job, little scraper and sack boy, yelled Clem as Sammy's feet vanished up the flue and he followed Bob out of the nursery to check the next chimney on the list. The children were playing hide-and-seek. As soon as Juliet saw the sweeps leave the nursery, she dashed in and hid herself in a chair beneath the sheets. A moment later, Hughie and Tina burst in. She's not here, they said, disappearing as fast as they had appeared. Juliet poked her head out from underneath the sheet and then withdrew quickly as Johnny put his head around the door caught you he said lifting the sheet quick johnny said juliet you hide too there's loads of room here johnny settled himself beside juliet and they pulled the sheet back over again giggling as they heard the others shouting for them but who was that someone was calling for help and the call was coming from very near them juliet and johnny threw off the sheet and looked around the rope in the fireplace shuddered violently Help me, please, I can't move, came a faint voice. Who is it? called Juliet and Johnny together. Please get me down, came the voice again. The sweet boy, yelled Juliet, he's stuck in the chimney. Juliet turned to Johnny. We're going to need help, get the others. Help me, I can't breathe, wailed Sammy from up the chimney. The other children exploded into the nursery with Johnny. Juliet grasped the rope. We have to get him down, she said, now. The children huddled in the fireplace, holding the rope tight. Are you ready, Sammy? Juliet asked. Yes, replied Sammy. They tugged gently on the rope, but Sammy didn't budge. It's no good, he sobbed. Pull harder, said Juliet, but don't yank. They did as she said, but Sammy remained firmly wedged in the flue. Try again, said Juliet. One, two, three, pull! This time, the rope gave, and Sammy came howling down in a black shower of soot and stones. He lay very still on the hearth. He's dead, cried the twins, as the children gathered around, all speaking at once. Are you hurt? We're very sorry. We just wanted to help. Don't make me go back up, whimpered Sammy. Please don't. Poor thing, said the children, all speaking together again. He's so little. He looks so weak and scared. Please don't make me go back up, begged Sammy again. Will Miss Baggett let him stay? wondered the children. Then they decided that she would not. Even worse, she would probably return him to Black Bob. Please don't make me go back up, Sammy repeated as the others tried to think how they could save him. Please don't. We won't tell anyone about you, Sammy, they said together. You can hide among our toys, said Gay. Yes, there's plenty of room for you, Johnny agreed. Be quick. Wait a moment, said Juliet. We've got to make them think he's run away or they'll find him. Sophie pointed to the window. If Sammy went through it and down the creeper, the grown-ups would think he had run away. Sophie led him to the window, making sure he left black foot tracks across the white sheets. Sammy took off his shoes and socks and waited to be told what to do next. Thump, thump, thump. Miss Baggett's footsteps approached the nursery. The children pounced on Sammy and pushed him into the cupboard before dashing under the sheets. Miss Baggett walked into the room, followed by Bob and Clem. What a mess! Why aren't the chimneys done yet, you idle good-for-nothings? She demanded. She just bark on, doesn't she? Grumbled Black Bob, under his breath. Real old bossy boots, I call her, muttered Clem. But Miss Baggett was too busy looking around to notice their scowling faces. The window's open! She exclaimed suddenly, her eyes bulging. The children's plan was working. Sooty footprints leading to the open window told the grown-ups that Sammy had run away. After him! shouted Bob and Clem, dashing through the door, threatening to chain Sammy up with the dog or lock him in the chicken coop and whip him. Come back! screeched Miss Baggett, racing after the sweeps. You useless scoundrels! You have six more chimneys to clean! When the dust had settled, kind-hearted Rowan leaned out of the window, silently urging Sammy on. As the sweeps ran across the courtyard, Miss Baggot rushed out of the front door after them, wearing her hat, coat, and walking shoes. Clearly she meant to catch them. Poor unlucky little boy, murmured Rowan, run as fast as you can. How cold Sammy would be out by the frozen river. Would he find a place to hide? And what would Black Bob do to him if he were found? I so wish I could save you, she cried helplessly. I'd hide you away safe from those awful slave drivers. The children heard Rowan's words and crept out from under the sheet. We knew you would be on our side, whispered Johnny, leading her to the toy cupboard. Good heavens, cried Rowan as Sammy's sooty head popped out. The little sweep. The children clustered around Rowan, asking her to keep their secret and to help them look after the little sweep. Give him a bath, yelled Hughie and Tina. What about Miss Baggett, asked Sophie anxiously. But Rowan knew Miss Baggett would be out for quite a while if she intended to catch the sweeps. Suddenly, everyone began to help. Rowan filled the buckets, the twins fetched down the bathtub from the attic. Sophie brought some clothes out of Johnny's trunk, and Johnny fetched the water. Gay lit the fire, and Juliet found some soap and towels. Then the children left the room so that Sammy could have his bath. For the next few minutes, Rowan scrubbed Sammy and washed him until all the soot was off and Sammy was squeaky clean. Then she dressed him in Johnny's clothes and flung open the door. The children looked at Sammy in amazement. They could hardly believe that the little boy standing in front of them was the grubby, miserable, half-starved little sweeper of a few moments ago. Where are your father and mother, Sammy? asked Juliet, wondering if they could save Sammy by sending him back to them. In Little Glemim, replied Sammy. Little Glemim? exclaimed Rowan. That's my village. My father's called Sparrow. He's Waggoner. Goodness me, said Rowan. I know Josiah Sparrow. Then she stopped. Did he sell you to Black Bob? Sammy hung his head. How can you sell a person, demanded Gay, especially your own child? Well, Sammy defended his father. Dad broke his hip last harvest. He couldn't work and there was nothing to eat. We would better clear up, Ron reminded them. Miss Baggett will be back soon. Instantly, they set about clearing away the bath things but the enthusiasm they had felt about saving Sammy was replaced with worries. What a dreadful life poor Sammy had. No wonder he had been weeping when he came. Children should be able to laugh and play like them. But not Sammy. Not since he had left home for his rotten job with the sweeps. What would become of him? Then Johnny had an idea. Rowan, leave a space in my trunk when you pack. He exclaimed we can smuggle sammy out in it but he won't be able to breathe protested rowan we can stop the coach and let him out when we've left Icon hall i don't know said rowan worried what will your parents think they'll let him stay johnny insisted or help him and his family but where will he sleep tonight in the toy cupboard replied gay There was no time to argue. The crunch of footsteps on the gravel warned them Miss Baggett was back. The nursery's still untidy, wailed Rowan, but it was too late. Sammy leaped swiftly into the cupboard. By the time Miss Baggett arrived, the children were settled cosily around the fireplace, reading, playing board games, and helping Rowan wind balls of wool. Miss Baggett stomped into the nursery in her outdoor clothes. First they run off without finishing their job, she moaned, slumping heavily into a chair. Then they insult me. Do you know they accuse me of hiding their wretched boy? If I get my hands on him. As soon as Miss Baggett had gone, Johnny ran to the cupboard. Just get through tonight, Sammy, he whispered. Tomorrow you'll be free. The next morning, Rowan brought Juliet breakfast in bed. You get some breakfast inside you too, she said, letting Sammy out of the cupboard. and Give your legs a good stretch. You'll be in the trunk in 20 minutes. Sammy gobbled down his ham and eggs as Juliet unstrapped a large trunk, singing away to herself about how the coach would carry Sammy away to safety. Then she gave him three gleaming half-crowns. I couldn't take those, gasped Sammy. I'd never seen so much money. But Juliet insisted, and there was no time left to argue because the others came in and Sammy had to get into the trunk. Once he was inside, everyone relaxed. It would be easy from now on. Old Alf, the gardener, and Tom, the coachman, were already on their way up, mumbling about their creaking joints and their aching backs. Just a few moments from now, the trunk would be on the coach and Sammy would be free. Alf took one side of the trunk, Tom the other, and they heaved. But the trunk didn't budge. They tried again, not an inch. Can't lift it, said Tom. Can't lift a small case full of clothes, jeered Miss Baggett. Stones and sand more like, grumbled Tom. Or books. I know what's in it, snapped Miss Baggett. I packed it. Well, then you'll just have to unpack it, retorted Alf. The nerve, began Miss Baggett. We'll help you carry it, Juliet blurted out. And so will I, chimed in Rowan. Right then, agreed Tom, that makes it worth a try. So everyone huddled around the trunk and lifted together the count of three while Miss Baggett watched open-mouthed. And what a relief! The trunk swung up and was carried down the stairs with Miss Baggett shouting warnings after them not to scrape the paint or damage the woodwork. A few moments later, the trunk was safely on the coach, which the chrome children boarded, waving goodbye with smiling faces. From their bedroom window, Juliet, Gay and Sophie waved back and called their farewells. Goodbye, Rowan. Goodbye, Johnny and Huey and Tina. And softly, so that no one else could hear, they whispered, Goodbye, Sammy. Have a good life. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers Join our email list and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.